3: How come when a liberal speaker speaks on a college campus, they're never referred to as a liberal commentator? Why is it only when a conservative commentator speaks at the failed academy are they referred to as a conservative commentator? Maybe because it goes without saying. The police apparently outnumbered the protesters last night when Ben Shapiro gave a talk at the U. He's a conservative. University officials said police had cited protesters' safety concerns. In other words, the uh, the Mysterians on campus. You'll recall, uh, Ben Ben has a podcast. He writes. Uh, I I find him to be entirely enjoyable, uh, level-headed. Uh, I, I, for the life of me, don't know what the problem is, but the, uh, the Mysterians at the U of M, uh, and this has happened wherever this guy has spoken, the Mysterians at the U of M raise such a fuss that the, uh, that they can pretend they have security issues and then they put them in a small venue. I guess Shapiro was on the, uh, uh, farm campus, St. Paul campus, uh, Beyond chanting and the occasional heated chat between the roughly 80 protesters and uh, incoming Shapiro fans, there were no conflicts. The event was held on the University of St. Paul campus, which is in Falcon Heights. Uh, The national group that organizes Shapiro's appearances, the Young America's Foundation, has threatened to sue the U, saying they were allowing protesters to apply a heckler's veto to the event by limiting its site and location beforehand. Before the event last night, a student group called Students for a Democratic Society posted ban Ben Shapiro flyers to demand an end to alt-right trolls on our campus paid for by student service fees. Uh, Shapiro is not alt-right, to my understanding. Uh, multiple court decisions have held at public universities and are, are not allowed to deny speaking engagements on ideological grounds. But they're doing it all the time. Right. They are also not allowed to choose which speakers or events get funded by student activity pools. Uh, uh, Shapiro's a conservative political commentator who hosts a daily podcast called The Ben Shapiro Show. He often argues that free speech is being suppressed on campus by left-leaning groups. He did so again Monday. At Monday's protests, attendees accused Shapiro of being racist, sexist, anti-gay, and a white supremacist. Let's stop right there. Wow. Well, let's stop right there. But they have no evidence of that. They're just they're just sending that out there without. Well, that's what that, that's what that's what uh, people of that ideology would believe. Anybody of a conservative nature, they would just automatically mm-hmm. accuse them of being racist, sexist, anti-gay, and a white supremacist. There being no evidence. Do you recall? I recommended an essay in the Wall Street Journal by Amy Wax, a week mm-hmm. or so ago, a University of Pennsylvania law professor who has been. Hectored and hounded for merely uh, writing that uh, values uh, such as traditional marriage are important to the structure of American society. And she was labeled a racist, a sexist, a homophobe, and a white supremacist. There being no evidence of that. What happens is the left ends up shouting— her, her point of that article was no one came forward to contest my points— all they did is throw spitballs. But no one stepped forward to say, here's why I believe you're wrong, here's my view. They don't do that. Same with Shapiro. Where where was the, where was the student uh, or a faculty member to come forward and spell it out for me why I should believe Shapiro is racist, sexist, anti gay, or a white supremacist? He's none of those things, as far as we know. There's no evidence. Why is truth getting stomped on to accommodate these people? Shapiro responded in his speech that being Jewish and opposing the candidacy of President Trump has made him heavily targeted by the very people he's accused of sympathizing with. Uh, He has repeatedly denied being a member of the alt-right. I personally believe he is not. He has been met with much stronger protesters in other states, a fact that University of Minnesota Police Chief Matt Clark cited Monday as a reason for the overwhelming law enforcement presence Monday, which included officers from the U of M, the St. Paul cops, Ramsey County sheriffs, and a state patrol helicopter. All because these kids in the failed academy are are being so accommodated in their whimsy. And intolerant. Uh, It is just incredible. Uh, In September, Shapiro spoke at the University of California, Berkeley, which drew hundreds of protesters. The university charged the hosting student organization nine grand for security costs and subsequently said they incurred six hundred grand in overall costs after shutting down parts of the campus during the event. What evidence do you have uh, about Shapiro? Why? Why is why does Shapiro have to be maligned like this without any evidence? If I spoke, if the if the what's the group that hired him?
4: Uh, the you just mentioned them the uh, I'm not going to say things. It's got to be fact based. Young America's Young Foundation, Amer-
3: okay. or let's say the College Republicans, if there is such a group at the U of M, invited me to speak at the campus. Okay, I would be labeled these things. Uh, yeah, and there probably would be a protest. Yeah, uh, 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 and uh, no, but no one would have any evidence. No one. Would have any evidence because none of it would be true. <laughs> How can they get away with it? Because the academy is ruined, and it has fallen into the idea that what should rule is feelings and not truth. Wow. And so, truth is being is being stopped on. Truth is being trumped. Truth is being trumped. Well, go back to the beginning of the show. Why should uh, the? Why should your uh, gender neutralness? Trump the truth of a father and a daughter. Why should your feelings trump the truth? So here's this Shapiro, who's nothing but a sharp guy, an right. in intellect, right? And because he's conservative, though, didn't he's not a Trump guy? Even right. <laughs> he's not a Trump guy. Uh, why should he be called sexist, racist, homophobic, and white supremacist? There's no there's no truth to any. Of it. There's no evidence. Find me the evidence, and I can see why you're protesting. But there is no evidence. And and apparently, are there any faculty members at the U of M who have the balls to stand up and point this out to these morons? No, you got to leave those. Is up. there anybody in administration that has the strength to, to say to these kids, what the hell are you protesting for? Because the guy has a different way to look at the world than you do. Where are these people?
4: I think you have to check those at the president's desk when you uh, when you sign your first contract. <sighs>
3: Can you, uh, can you? Well, just a minute. I, I, I guess I have to go back to driverless cars for a moment. Steve, go ahead, please.
2: Good afternoon, Mayor. Hi. Hail the, hail the flashlight, Kate. Hail you. Steve, quick comment. I think a couple of things, and you might be able to link off of this, but. I think it's partly conformity. Once you get everybody into a driverless car, then you can start dictating what kind of car those driverless cars are.
3: Maybe, yeah.
2: And I will tell you, I rented a car not too long ago, and they had the enabled where it detects if you're getting too close to another car. Even with your cruise control on, right? boy, it not you by surprise when it slams the brakes on at 70 miles an hour.
3: Yeah, well, that's pretty common yeah. nowadays. A lot of cars yeah. have that, yeah.
2: And one more thing is, I blame kind of the auto manufacturers a little bit, too, because cars today aren't fun to drive. Like, when you were in high school, I was in high school, there's no cars equivalent to, like, when the 68 GTO came out or a 69 oh, oh, Corvette.
3: Oh, contraire. You, oh, contraire. You, well,
2: Okay, cars that you can afford.
3: How well, about that? Well, that's a good way to put it. That's a good category. All right.
2: I'm talking about that high school kids could actually buy and enjoy as well, a driving.
3: Well, the high people. school yeah. parking lot in my day was a car show. These kids today, right. they don't even care if they drive their mother's minivan to school.
2: Exactly, and mm-hmm. I think that's contributing to it too. They don't care anymore, so why not have driverless cars? All right, thank They're you. Not fun to drive. All
3: right, yep. thank you. Tim? Yes, Joe. Yes.
2: Uh, perhaps I could sum up what you're saying about the Academy. And one quick quote. I'm about your age. I'm sure you remember. I honestly think this came from a TV show. I'm sure you remember All in the Family. Sure. Brilliant writing, something that obviously couldn't even be done today. Right. But... Um, You know, Archie was such a bigot, but there were some lessons in there, too, and I think the quote went something like, you know, they were arguing with Archie Bunker, and they said, I disagree with what you're saying, but I will fight with my life for your right to say it. Mm -hmm. And that's the part that the the kids, the students are missing.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. All right, thank you. Here, here's the problem with, uh, with uh, kids who want to ban Shapiro. Here's the problem. They're not being taught to reason. They're not being taught to defend their positions. They're being taught that their position is the only position that cannot possibly serve them or society well. They're not being taught to understand that they must defend their positions with truth and evidence. They're being accommodated by being taught that their position in and of itself is good enough, and they don't have to defend it. That's going to absolutely screw up the world of law, of medicine, of, Cause it's gonna uh, catch of up, anything, of banking. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're not going to be prepared to be well-rounded people. So and, and there's nothing controversial about Ben Shapiro, just as there was nothing controversial about what Amy Wax, the law professor at the University of Pennsylvania or Penn State, uh, wrote for the Philadelphia Inquirer. Nothing controversial about it, but it, but it went against the grain of what these failed accommodations have been allowed to believe. Logic, 98, College of Self-Esteem, Zip, nada, Not nothing. Here's Joe Souchere. Take that orchestra down. Rads, go ahead. I'm going to be very delicate here, Joe.
2: Yeah. You were wondering about the use of the remote-controlled car.
3: It's a mystery to me, the remote control car.
2: Okay, recall yesterday an item that you were discussing that was gold-plated? Yes. Okay, keep that in mind. You know what I'm talking about. I think
3: so.
2: Okay. Picture a remote-control Jeep with a roll bar cage on the top of it. Yes. Okay. Take the item from yesterday that was gold-plated. Yep. And affix it to the roll bar of the remote-control car. Uh Uh-huh. All right. So you've got kind of a cannon, right? Uh,
3: so to speak. Kind of a tank. Yeah. yeah. Yep.
2: All right. Just picture some guy trying to park that in a garage. That's about all I could add to that.
4: <laughs> Pretty darn good analogy. Well. You know? Yeah.
3: <laughs> you know how much uh, money Amazon made in uh, profits last year? Boy, I'd like to know. $5.6 billion. And reportedly paid zero American dollars in federal taxes. Hmm. Bezos is the richest person in the world with a personal net worth of $108 billion. He surpassed Gates? Yeah. Didn't know that. Uh, Amazon, according to this from Splinter News, I don't even know what site that is. So give yourself a we don't know that. Right. Um. Uh, Amazon effectively paid zero dollars in federal income taxes in 2017. Amazon's global headquarters. Remember now Amazon is the one going around the country, uh, allowing cities. And I was, I, I must admit, I have to blame myself because I was advocating that Minnesota officials take a run at Amazon, uh, in my defense, I was having fun with the idea that they've never really come up with a decent plan for the Ford site, so I was yeah. suggesting let's You're being put, proprietary. Let's put Amazon there. Uh, I'm I'm glad Minnesota dropped out of okay. the uh, of the Bezos hunt for his second headquarters. Uh, all that would have done is cost us. Uh, Bezos is a cheap word. I can't say. And uh, it would not one dime would have come to Minnesota. You'd have to give him everything. Uh, the global headquarters is not in Seattle; it's in Luxembourg. Okay, I didn't, I didn't know that. Amazon employs forty thousand people in Seattle, but fifteen hundred people in Luxembourg. The European Union has accused Luxembourg of giving illegal tax breaks to Amazon and has ordered the country to recover two hundred ninety-five million. In back taxes from Amazon. Uh, as Matthew Gardner at the Institute on Taxation and Economic Policy writes, Amazon was able to effectively zero out its federal income tax burden by leveraging various tax benefits. Here's what Amazon had to say in its U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission filing. Our provision for income tax in 2017 was lower than in 2016, primarily due to excess tax benefits from stock-based compensation and the provisional favorable effect of the 2017 Tax Act, partially offset by the increase in the proportion of foreign losses for which we may not realize a tax benefit in order-related developments, whatever. So fancy bookkeeping. Apparently, Bezos has an obsession with avoiding taxes. That goes back to the inception of the company. In 1995, he originally wanted to build Amazon's U.S. headquarters on a Native American reservation near San Francisco because it offered a tax break. But California stopped the deal. Now he's looking for the same thing to do. Amazon is in the process of choosing another U.S. city for a second headquarters, an offer so lucrative that it's compelled cities into garishly competing with each other in tax break in a tax break pageant. Uh... Well, I wonder if the uh, the the reservation had signed off on that, and they stood to. Bezos has lagged behind fellow ultra-rich guys like Bill Gates in establishing a charitable foundation to eventually uh, help with his massive fortune. While he has given a relative pittance pittance to charities in the past, there is no structure in place to help distribute his unthinkable wealth. you got to give a little away when you have that much, don't you? Yeah, I think so. Uh, The notion of charity has Bezos so stumped that last summer he took to Twitter to ask his followers how to do philanthropy. Hmm. Uh, This call-out goes without mentioning Amazon's own workplace horror stories. In January, a study found that more than 1 in 10 Amazon employees in Ohio rely on supplemental nutrition assistance program to buy groceries. Uh, (laughs) What you watch? He has a veneer of liberalism. I'm sure he'd say all the correct boilerplate right. things about the right. climate, and and so these idiots at the U would welcome him. Of course, you wouldn't they would. need security for him. Right. He's cheating you right and left. He's not paying his fair share. Yeah, just pay your fair share like everybody else does. I'm so glad Minnesota's out of the running. I'm not. Sh- I. I. You know, wiser people prevailed. Yeah, I think you probably, if,
4: had we got that far, it may have
3: hurt us. No, it would have bankrupt. You'd have to give them everything. Right. Uh, I told you, I would love a, a cardboard-free month, uh, and that would be a way to protest yeah. Bezos. I would love a cardboard-free month. Say, uh, we'll be back shortly, but. Commencing garage logic segment
1: number eight.
0: Here's John Height in the newsroom. Thank you, Joe. It's sunny and 44 degrees. This update brought to you by Venture Bank. Uh, before we get sports news, let's uh, talk about that traffic problem we have. A serious injury, a crash closed a part of Highway 36 East and Lake Elmo. A tweet from the State Patrol's Public Information Office said the crash occurred on Highway 36 at Lake Elmo Avenue North. Highway 36 East is closed at Lake Elmo Avenue North. Uh, West is open, and both directions of Lake Elmo Avenue remain open. West, though, um, still moving very slow. Uh, Loosening up a bit now, it looks like. But uh, anyway, that's uh, out on Highway 36 uh, in the area of Lake Elmo Avenue. Uh, While in action at home tonight, a game against St. Louis at the Excel Energy Center. Defenseman Jonas Brodine is ready to return against the Blues. He's missed nine games, recovering from surgery to fix his fractured left hand. The Twins playing Boston tonight in Exhibition Baseball. That game underway about 5.05 our time. Uh, Gophers senior guard Nate Mason missed practice with a hip injury, but he is expected to play tomorrow in the Big Ten tournament opening round against Rutgers, that according to Coach Richard Pitino. Mason, who averaged a team-high 18.6 points in Big Ten play, has been playing through pain in his hips and from a bruise on his right shin, suffered last week against Wisconsin. Uh, Coach Pitino also said M- uh, Mason missed practice yesterday, and he will rest today before they head out to New York. Pitino also said starting center Bakari Konate was out of practice yesterday with the flu but he's feeling better and should be able to come back in time for the game. News notes from today. Law enforcement wants to look at prescription records for the man facing criminal vehicular homicide and other charges in connection with that crash on Chisago Lake last month. That crash left an 8-year-old with injuries that proved fatal. A search warrant application filed in Hetman County yesterday seeks prescription records from 2017 and January of 2018 for Eric Joseph Coleman, specifically... Looking for benzodiazepine, a controlled substance, Coleman is facing criminal vehicular homicide, criminal vehicular operation, and DWI charges. This all stems from a crash on January 27th in which Alan Geisenkoter Jr. suffered head trauma and fractures to both legs after Coleman's snowmobile was reported to have crashed into him as he has, uh, as he and his dad were setting up an ice house. Alan Geisenkoter Sr. was also hit by the snowmobile. The son was airlifted to a metro hospital but died a few days later. The search warrant application says the results of blood testing conducted on Coleman have come back, showing a blood alcohol level of .16. It also states that medical records from Regent's Hospital in St. Paul, where Coleman had been treated for his injuries, showed a presumptive positive drug screen for benzos, which is a scheduled four narcotic. Drug screen results have not yet come back from the Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension. President Trump today named political strategist Brad Parscale as manager of his 2020 presidential reelection campaign. A little early, isn't it, John? Well, Uh. is it ever too early these days? He was a digital expert who was critical to Trump's 2016 victory and trusted by the Trump family. In a statement, the Trump campaign said it planned to use Parscale's talent to help Republicans in the 2018 congressional elections in November as they try to hold on to the control of the U.S. Congress. Trump had already signaled plans to run for re-election, filing a letter of intent with the Federal Election Commission on January 20th of 2017, the day he took office. The 42-year-old Parscales, based in San Antonio, Texas. He was the Trump campaign's digital director in 2016, had performed digital duties for Trump's businesses, the Trump organization, before the campaign. White House Communications Director Hope Hicks does not plan to answer questions about her time in the Trump administration when she appears behind closed doors this afternoon before the House Intelligence Committee. That, according to a Republican on the panel, GOP Republican Representative Chris Stewart of Utah said there are some questions that she's not going to answer. I think anything dealing with the administration from the time of the inauguration on. Members of the panel are asking Hicks to answer their questions as part of their investigation into Russian meddling into the U.S. election. Lawmakers are watching to see how forthcoming Hicks is after former White House chief strategist Steve Bannon declined to answer questions when he was interviewed by the committee. Bannon said he had been instructed by the White House to invoke executive privilege on behalf of President Trump, said he would not answer questions beyond the time frame of the campaign. Asked if Hicks was also invoking privilege for the transition, Stewart said those questions have not yet been asked. We haven't gotten there yet, in his words.
4: And then he said he could have got away with it, too, if it wouldn't have been for those meddling kids. Okay. (laughs) Scooby-Doo reference, and you just said meddling in the... uh, Meddling, meddling, I see. I was wondering
0: the connection. In every episode, that's what they said. I got you. A top German court ruled today in favor of allowing major cities in Germany to ban the most heavily polluting diesel cars. A move set to hit the value of 12 million vehicles in Europe's largest car market, and probably force car makers to pay for costly modifications there has been a global backlash against diesel engine cars since Volkswagen admitted in 2015 to cheating US exhaust tests meant to meant to limit emissions of particulate matter and nitrogen oxide known to cause respiratory disease while other countries are also considering restrictions on diesels, a ban in the birthplace of the modern automobile, a new blow for the car industry there, and an embarrassment for Chancellor Angela Merkel's government, who's in favor of using the diesels. A set of identical twin sisters will fulfill their dream when they marry a set of identical twin brothers in a joint wedding this summer. It's a TV show? <laughs> How often do you think this has happened a lot? And I bet I re- it has. Well, when I read this story, <sighs> right? I thought it's probably rare, but is it that rare? I don't think so. I wasn't sure. Lynchburg News in Advance reports Jeremy and Josh Salyers proposed to Brianna and Brittany Dean February 2nd at Virginia's Twin Lakes State Park. See, so you get it, Oh, Twin Lake. no. Uh-huh. The engagements came six months after the pairs met at the Twin Days Festival. Which bills itself as the world's largest annual gathering of twins and other multiples. The 31-year-old Deans had visited the festival, which Brittany calls a magical place, since their first year of law school. First time they'd ever been apart. The Salyers made their first festival visit in 2017, and in Josh's words, lucked out on their first attempt.
4: Is it creepy? Is it? I, here's pictures four of them, of them right of the here. lawyers. I mean, they're they're obviously you know two sets of are they twin. big girls. No, they're, well, they're, I mean they're, they're they're not bad looking. All well, four the, the guys are, are good looking. Yeah, I mean it's attractive. just it's just it's a weird. Are, do they are you they going to live? Big deal is what this is. Right. Big deal. No, it's mean. probably
0: a good thing I didn't read that story when Kenny was here. I yeah, he, he probably have had some. Uh, he would have thrown my water at you. I think he would have had a bad outlook. I think on yeah. the whole thing. Uh, Monica Lewinsky says the affair that led to impeachment proceedings against President Bill Clinton was not sexual assault, but quote constituted a gross abuse of power. Lewinsky writes in the March issue of Vanity Fair that she's in awe of the sheer courage of women who've been confronting entrenched beliefs and institutions. The former White House intern said she was recently moved to tears when the leader of the Me Too movement told her, I'm so sorry, you were so alone. Lewinsky says she's been diagnosed with post-traumatic stress from being publicly outed and ostracized and lauds the Me Too movement for providing the safety that comes from solidarity. She said, "There are many more women and men whose voices and stories need to be heard before mine. There are even some people who feel my White House experiences don't have a place in this movement. As to what transpired between Bill Clinton and myself was not sexual assault." Clinton initially denied the affair, of course, before he finally admitted it to it in 1998. He was acquitted by the Senate. And Clinton's representative did not immediately respond to a request for any comment
4: today. I, I don't. I don't know what I can say. I. I <laughs> I came clean. Everything was okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's, you know. You abused your power. Abuse of power. I don't know if it was. Well, how powerful was I? (laughs) Pretty powerful. You were the president. Uh, It it is, as you say, like that Sean guy who calls you with the marathon (laughs) Uh, medallion. The medallion guy. I forget his name. Stew. 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 Stew Because it always makes me think of a a hearty meal. Mm
3: -hmm. Stew. It is, as you say, sir. Yes, yes, Stew.
0: (laughs) And Central National Bank in Wichita, Kansas has filed a lawsuit against a woman who they say repeatedly withdrew cash from a faulty ATM. Wichita Eagle reports the bank alleges Christina Okoa used the ATM again and again after she realized it was giving out $100 bills instead of fives. Decline of moral and ethical integrity. The bank says she took out more than 11 grand. she denies stealing the money, insisting she has records of withdrawals and didn't get any more money than was requested. The bank's attorney says, of the more than 50 withdrawals made by the woman, they were all made between midnight and 4:08 a.m. the same night. Hmm. Lawsuit doesn't detail how many others may have gotten $100 bills instead of fives.
3: Is the weather available? Uh, we'll have David Wallace Dahl ready for you. University of Garage Logic 98. College of Self Esteem. Zip. nada, Nothing. Here's Joe Souchere.
1: Here's Dave Dahl. Thank you, Joe. We're up to 44 degrees. Should uh, eke out maybe another degree or two before we're done here. So a a nice day again today. Partly cloudy skies out there. We're going to see those continue tonight with patchy fog forming after dark. 22 for the overnight lows. So again, refreeze. Watch out for those slick spots. West winds at 5 to 10. Tomorrow, increasing clouds still mild. High around 40. Northeast winds at 5, mainly cloudy skies I think by late in the day, so not nearly as much sunshine as we've enjoyed the last couple of days. Drizzle becoming mixed with snow by tomorrow night and a little bit of light snow on Thursday morning, less than an inch the way it appears right now. 26 for the low tomorrow night, 36 for the high on Thursday. Friday back up to 38 with partial sunshine. We're going to keep that partly sunny sky on Saturday and 42. Sunday rain likely. Uh, still mild, though, 40 for the high. We could have some rain becoming mixed with sleet by Sunday night. Better chance for rain changing over to snow on Monday. Monday's high, 34. And then snow, windy, and colder on Tuesday. This could be a more significant deal, so uh, be aware of that. And if you have some travel plans early next week, you're going to want to pay attention to the latest forecast because it could be a little bit tricky for travel. Again, 34 for the high on Monday, only 28 for the high by Tuesday as that snow accumulates. Right now, it's 44, Joe, and I have the records for the day. Feb 27. 58 on this date. 58. A couple years ago, 2016. 2016. 22 below. 22 below. In 1879.
3: 1879. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. All right. Can you take me to uh, Spoon Lake, please? See if it's, we can still hear water running in this. Uh... Oh, yeah. Now, there's still ice on the lake, of course.
4: Yeah, this is just the stuff that's melting that's just us. today's melt.
3: Like water and electricity, man. You can't stop it, baby. Running down the streets. Of yes. Garage logic. That's not good. I hate to do this to you. No. Because this so plays into your fantasy. Well, and, and maybe many people's fantasies for that matter. <laughs> I had to bring that
0: back.
4: I think I'm going to need a happy hour for this sad note you're going to tell me. What
0: you
3: got, bro? There's a little teapot a guy found. Hmm. It's a cracked teapot, Matt. Made in South Carolina before the Revolutionary War. Stunned the auction world a couple of days ago by selling in England for $806,000. Uh, will you, hey, will you indulge me for just one, one, one second here? Yeah. How, how much was it again? $806,000. Holy. Boy, oh, you going satellite, huh? Yeah, but just a quick one. I had to get that out of my system. Now I feel better. Of that, five hundred and twenty grand was for the teapot. The rest was fees, according to the New York Times. The winning bid was made by Roderick Jellicoe, a London dealer who was acting on behalf of the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York. The final price wow. is twenty-three times what the pot was expected to fetch. The teapot is three and a half inches high, five inches across. It's missing its lid and has a repair for a cracked handle. What dummy bought that? I thought Among uh, the decorations in one of South Carolina is one of South Carolina's famous palmettos, which is the official state tree. Experts say it's worth all the fuss because the pot is an important and previously unrecorded piece oh. attributed to the country's first known porcelain manufacturer, John Bartlam who built his first factory in Canehoy, Hoy, South Carolina, in the 1760s. It marks the birth of American porcelain. Mm. The teapot is only the seventh recorded piece of Bartlem's porcelain found to exist, said William Wallace oh. of Salisbury, England.
4: Yes, of course. Which
3: handled is. the auction. The other six pieces are all in the U.S. held in private collections in museums. An eagle-eyed antiques oh. enthusiast bought the teapot two years ago in England for $20. The buyer had no idea of its value at the time, said the auction house. It was purchased in an online bid at an antique, antiques auction in Lincolnshire, England, according to the New York Times. Boy. If it hadn't been for that internet bid, it probably would have ended up in the trash, Claire Durham of Woolley & Wallace told the New York Times. The high value placed on the teapot by the Met is entirely due to the connection to American history experts, say, okay, reporting isn't what it used to. Mm-hmm. I didn't have time. Maybe the New York Times fleshed this out. But how did it go from the guy who paid twenty and didn't know its value to going to the auction right. and getting five hundred and twenty grand? Right, and uh, the backstory would be the guy
4: that you know I had her up to spot seventeen, and the guy bid twenty, and I said, you know, it's just not. It's not he didn't go the extra twenty three dollar bid and bailed out at
3: seventeen. Just before the Revolutionary War there was a non importation agreement in place because the colonies didn't want to import any import anything from England, winning bidder Rod Jellico told Artnet.com, and of course if they could make their own porcelain they didn't need to import it from England, so it was a way of being independent from the British. Little is known of Bartlam before he moved from England to Charleston, South Carolina, around 1763, possibly in some debt, reports Woolley and Wallace. He reportedly came to the Charleston area because of rumors the clay was fitting for porcelain. He established his factory in St. Thomas Parish at a settlement known in the 18th century as Canehoy, Hoy on the north bank of the Wando River north of Charleston. The district had a reputation for good clay and had a well-established brick-making industry. At least five brickyards were in existence wow. by the 1760s. Bartlam died in 1781 after moving his factory to Camden. Uh, so what we don't know is how did the guy uh, who paid 20 how did he uh, put it into the hands of people who told him, uh, hey, pal, that's worth 20 uh, that's worth about 800 Right. Somebody, obviously this person didn't know, and
4: somebody did that guy a favor and said, hey, uh, Frank, uh, you got to get this
3: thing on the auction block. Well, let me tell you something else. Oh, I wish that could happen to me. Based on my watching Antiques Roadshow, yeah. what would that thing have been worth if it had the lid and the handle wasn't cracked? And the box. And the original if box. if it came in the original Lou box? Lou Campbell from Duluth. Remember the, yeah. the, the original box? Oh, I'm a big believer in that. Yeah. <sighs> I bought a Daisy air rifle fifteen years ago. Yeah, it's still in the box. I'm figuring, I don't know. I'll leave it <laughs> that behind. Was,
4: that was your your
3: '68 Corvette yeah. uh, that you. I want uh, leave it stock. behind to somebody. Maybe it'll be worth something. Twenty five years from now, I don't know.
4: Well, well leave it maybe. to a kid or something. Or maybe they won't. Yeah, because they won't make they won't make them anymore. Oh, you Shoot your eye out! I, right, shoot your eye out is what'll shoot happen. Shoot your eye out is what'll happen. God darn it! Well, I'm not going to stop looking. I'm gonna. I, I'm. I will find something of value someday.
3: Yeah, but see, if you bought that for twenty bucks, yeah, would you have had the presence of mind to uh, find out if it was worth more? I wouldn't. Probably have. Probably not. Uh, what would I have known? Because
4: we got a lot of old antique stuff that she places around the house that that looks neat, but we never find out you know what it's worth. Or where it was originally well, you
3: manufactured. Know what? For all you know, you're sitting on fortunes. Don't do that to me.
1: Commencing garage logic segment number 10. The nuts and bolts of life.
3: It takes some time to adjust. So Swim's play at uh, 5 o'clock, I believe. We're a little later game today. Mm-hmm. Are we having technical difficulties?
4: Oh, we're changing out a, a mini-disc machine in here for a um,
3: some kind of flux capacitor. Really? We're going to go back to the future? That.
4: Yeah. Yeah, we're going to back to the future. Uh,
3: Patrick's in uh, spring training, I believe. Yeah, they they play Boston, I think, at 5. I think I better dial him up. I haven't done that yet. Uh, he's probably wondering where he are. Yeah, he's probably saying, Rook. Are and you the there? Wild, uh, wilder home tonight to the blue, and uh, water continues to melt, which is one of the greatest sounds known to man at this time of year. Oh, it's fantastic. One more day of feb. hmm I've always uh, psychologically I've always thought March is the is spring. Of course, it's a twenty first year. I've been in spring for a long time. <laughs> yes. I've been in this is how you deal with it and get a... Yeah. This is how you I've been in spring since before Christmas. Well, we do have a nice late sunset. Fifteen hundred. Is daylight savings this weekend? No. Fifteen hundred ESPN is KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis.